citizens, this is Dan from Melbourne, and welcome to my first podcast. Every fortnight I'll be having a chat with someone who is doing something interesting, fun or a bit unique, and bringing the results to you. In this episode I have the cast and crew from the Melbourne shot and produced movie How to Time Travel, which will be premiering on the 22nd of April at the Astor Theatre and raising funds for Beyond Blue. Uh, please introduce yourselves and your film. I'm Alexandra Jankowski and it's with... Um we made How to Time Travel, mm-hmm. and yes, I'm the producer. I'm Samuel Sheffield. I wrote and directed How to Time Travel, and I've been working on it for good, yeah, since 2011. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm Adam Balawas, and I play Jones Collette in How to Time Travel. Excellent. And, um, and just briefly, what's the, How to Time Travel about? What's the brief blurb of that? Um, basically, How to Time Travel is about this guy who um, is played by Adam, named Jones, yes. and uh, Jones proposes to his girlfriend, Olivia. Mm-hmm. She says no. Unfortunately, he gets heartbroken, goes a bit psychotic, decides to make a time machine to go back in time and fix the, their relationship. Excellent. Yeah. And on that note, I mean, there's a lot of time travel movies out there. Yeah. I think one of the most important parts of a time travel movie is the rules. You need to have rules about why can't you go back and kill your own grandfather and... and send the whole thing all astray. What are the rules in your time travel movie or what have you decided to adhere, adhere to? Um, do you want me to get this one? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I totally agree. And that was one of the um, main things that Ali and I talked about when we first met is just making sure that everything's authentic. Because from the very get-go, we wanted to make a film that was funny, that, had, that was real, and that was very poignant. And um, if we didn't reach any of those three, and we would upset a certain part of the audience, and obviously a big part of the audience would be a sci-fi fan group. Mm. Now, um, the rules we looked at was, um, uh, in the 1500s, Thomas More published this book called Utopia, and basically his idea of life is that we have one door that we um, enter and exit through. And so we enter the door, we live our life, and when we die, it said that our life flashes um, in front of our eyes when we die and that's because we're going back through our life to exit through that one door Okay. and the whole process is um, when we're dying what happens if we could stop midway and that's the idea of the time travel mm. pretty much quoted me in the film I, that's because I wrote the film <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, why he knows, he knows the script so well for somebody who yeah. wrote it <laughs> The one thing that um, I think that really attracted a lot of people wasn't the time-travelling aspect of the film. It was just the heart of that, that the actual basis of the film is about this guy who got his heart broken and he's trying to move on. And the time-travelling aspect is just its just a, a story point. Yeah, it's just a, a, a mechanism. Story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a its a metaphor for that. And, and that's what made it interesting to kind of come uh, on board with because... Um, the theme is kind of universal. Like, you know, we've all been there, we've all had a heartbroken, we've all wished we could change stuff, and this is a guy who has the opportunity to. Well, develops it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. One thing from Ali and I is that we both have um, a strong history of a heartbreak, and so when we first met... Yeah. So we yeah. told each other and we explored that, and, yeah. and so there's bits of that in the, the that get released in the film. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, I, so I guess on that note, then, were there any moments in your past relationships that you kind of dug into going, oh, I wish I could have fixed that and I kind of metaphorically can do this in this film, or is it all a bit hodgepodge? Um, oh, well, it's obviously hard to talk about that kind of stuff because <laughs> it's quite personal, but um, mm. I know from my perspective yep. um, that there's a few lines in the film that are extracted from past love letters, mm. and it... it 
it just becomes authentic yeah. when you use that as a source, as a as a form of um, as a resource to um, you know gives it a little more heart. Film. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and I think it's something that people can relate to, it, especially our audience. Mm. Like in your acting, I remember having a meeting with Adam when before we started um, production yep. about you know our and we shared our own stories, and I know Adam touched. Yeah, I've never had my heart broken at all, so. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see the other side of the world. But, but. <laughs> I get the feeling you're what makes the grass grow greener when you say that. <laughs> no, I mean, I joke, but like, you know, it, it, as I said, like, you know, we've all been there. So, you know, we've all, and, you know, in my own, own experiences, like, it's the first thing you go to when, uh, when you do get your heart broken is what would I do differently? What would I change? And, you know, as a man who, like, I've, I've recently gotten married, so, mm-hmm. you know, the proposal scene, I got a yes, but, like, you know, if... if what would have happened if it had gone the other way Yeah, well? and, and seeing, you know, like, how crushing that is, and, you know, especially, yeah, the scene itself, which I won't go too much mm-hmm. into, like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty, it's pretty intense. Pretty tough. And like, you know, it doesn't have to go that far to actually propose to be able to understand what that feels like. Absolutely. Now, on that note as well, um, now you guys crowdfunded this movie, and I also saw you guys went through um, Grilled and got a bit of funding from their local matters. Um, I guess, how did you guys find both those processes? Would you have any tips for somebody who might be wanting to make a movie and, and using those as funding methods? We learned a lot starting the pro, and I think the important thing was to find a good level between ambitious and practical as well mm-hmm. you know you can go for this huge number but it's not doesn't mean mm. um, it's going to happen but people have been so supportive it's been really lovely and necessarily you know we have done on a low budget yeah. but the people that have supported us with free locations and resources and people has just yeah helped tremendously um, and I think it should also be mentioned that we did try crowdfunding, but yeah. it failed. Oh, okay. Yeah. We didn't get a cent from Possible. Um, we on and we did the we approached every single community. We did this massive letter drop off only because Ali and I were quite ambitious to begin with, and we we, we, we like print off how many letters. 500? Something like that. Something and so I'd huge. wake up, we'd wake up in the morning, 5.30 yeah. a.m. and just do letter drops to all these places. And uh, Grilled was one of maybe two or three that actually replied to us and offers, offered us the local matters. And um, yeah, they were fantastic, quite supportive and helped to um, the pre-production process just to get the film out there. Yeah. Because uh, it's quite difficult. Um, but yeah, like crowdfunding is quite difficult. It's yeah. extremely hard. Mm. Um, obviously, you have to get heard and um, pitch the film well enough to sell someone the idea so they can give you money. Mm. And you know, the three of us are struggling artists, all in, in our different avenues. Um, and so we know how what it's like when people do come up to you and ask for money. Mm. Um, but money was never it was never a factor to why we entered. Yeah. Um, hence why um, when I first had a meeting with Ali about the whole Beyond Blue aspect mm. um, I said I said to her I want 100% of the proceeds anything we make going straight to Beyond Blue mm. and that was, um, that was our mission from the very start mm-hmm. um, and then when we approached our cast and our crew we told them that yeah. and we were absolutely shocked and surprised when um, Adam came on board for free uh, with the understanding that he would be giving up his wage or salary to be on board, as well as equity, yep. and the same with all the crew. And I said you guys got the um, the time travel, the time machine set donated as well, is that right? Yeah, for a maker machine, fantastic yeah. guy, Sam yeah. Jethro, a young, amazing talent. But it, 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 that, that you know, it's it's not fair to just uh, 
um, pick on them. Yeah. yeah, exactly, because we had Oscar and Justin, mm -hmm. our cinematographers, who were two amazing young cinematographers who came on board. Exact same scenario. Mm -hmm. um, the head of Audio Tech in Melbourne, Brian Elbel, he has done everything in regards mm -hmm. to the sound aspect. So we're talking sound design, um, sound recording, um, sound mixing. Oh, we're actually doing the sound mixing now, but mm -hmm. this is the same guy um, who, instead of you know giving someone else the job in his um, in Audio Tech. He decided to take it, on, take it on board himself because of the charity aspect. Yeah. First day of shooting, Brian's beautiful wife, Winnie, gave birth to their first child, Zara. Yeah. Instead of just sitting Ali and I down and saying, sorry, guys, you know, yeah. you know I'm daddy, no, quite yeah. restricted for time, mm. he was on set nearly pretty much, what, 99% yep. of the shooting days? He might have well. missed, like, one or two. One or two. Yeah. Yeah. That and was it. And even since after production, mm. like, I've just been over at his place. He's been coming to mine with looking at reels. He just wants the best product possible. And because he is coming from a charity perspective and he's just passionate, like all three of us are, which is quite passionate to make a really good film. That's and amazing. I, and I yeah. suppose just on all that, like, the crowdfunding and, and every, well, not that we got your money from crowdfunding, but, like, the, the thing as as an actor coming on board to something that you know you're not going to get any money and stuff like that, it's just the passion and the, you know, the want to make a film, like, you know, a lot of people stop at the first hurdle, like, you know, they write the script and then once you start thinking about dollars and cents and stuff, that's where it ends. Mm. But, like, one thing I noticed is, like, you know, with the Beyond Blue aspect, with the fact that, you know, these guys were out there kind of, you know, trying to get the best, uh, you know, locations and stuff, it, it created a great vibe on set, like, I... I always say that, you know, when you do theatre performances and stuff, there's a, a moment where you all wonder where we're going or if this is going to work or, you know, you start doubting it. And in the two-month process that I was involved and also, like, you know, the sound that we did a couple of weeks ago, there just wasn't that. There was always a great vibe on set. And I think it's because it kind of came from the right spot. Like, you know, it wasn't about, you know, this is going to make our career. We've all, you know, we're struggling artists, and we all just want to make a film. And I think that was, I think it, it had a good heart at the start, and that's why I definitely got involved. Excellent. So. And um, I, I guess on that note as well, I was going to ask. I mean, what is, was there a reason why you chose Beyond Blue in particular? Do you guys have a connection with them, or were you considering a few charities to be able to donate towards? Or um, I, I personally, I, I was the one who chose yeah. not to take credit for it. No. <laughs> But, um, Steal it all the time. I have a very close family uh, member of mine who um, suffers from depression, and uh, I was informed about it in 2007. Mm. And um, dealing with that um, on a personal level really has affected me, and yeah. like what, like my decisions in life and how I decide to treat people. And what I found doing the film, a lot of my close friends actually um, came out to me telling me that they themselves have depression, and it's just it's amazing how hidden it is and how people don't speak out about enough, enough especially the males. Mm. And I, I was actually shocked um, when, yeah, a few of them did come out to me. But it, it's, it's, yeah, it's just a nice feeling yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day that we are helping such a, such a vital charity because, mm. um, yeah, I, yeah. And um, it did help, especially because even the cast and crew, or even location, sorry, I should mention it's locations. Catherine Scott, our associate producer, she did a fantastic job um, searching out these locations, and we would not have gotten these locations if we didn't tell them Beyond Blue was behind our bet. Because I can tell you for a fact, um, 
Catfish in Fitzroy. It's in Fitzroy, Fitzroy. on Gertrude Street. Yes. Amazing place. The owners of that, um, they have their they had that whole bar open Sunday. We we got them to close it down because they had a friend who um, suffered from depression and unfortunately committed suicide. Oh. And they um, were so grateful for what we were doing with the film and what our um, where our proceeds were going that they were able to you know donate their cafe and. It, it wasn't just that location. There's many locations. Mm-hmm. Trampar in um, in Melbourne. Yep. On what street is Trampar? King, King, King Street. King yes, street. on yeah. King Street. A fantastic yeah. nightclub. We were able to. We had the whole nightclub to ourselves on a Thursday, Thursday. night, and we shot there because. Too um, sure, Ben. Yeah, I'm not going to mention that. <laughs> Trampar. <laughs> Drop the, all the names you need to at yeah. the venues. No, but, but Trampar was another yeah. one. Um, oh. They gave it to us because of our charity um, yeah. backing, as well as pretty much nearly every location we got. That's fantastic. the on blue aspect. Um, and I was going to ask as well, because again, I've, I've been to your website and I've seen that you guys shot at a huge number of, of venues yeah. around Melbourne, also down southeast towards Chapel Street. Without wanting to cause competition, but do you have a favourite location? Do you have any funny stories that came out of being in such a wide variety? I, I can say the weirdest one, that, like, not the weirdest one we were at, but, like, it kind of fell a little bit out of, out of place, is um, we're at the Intercontinental. Or the, is that, is yeah. that what? Yeah. 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 yeah, and, you know, you're at this really nice, you know, restaurant and stuff, and we're all dressed up in suits and stuff like that, and, like, you know, it kind of really made you you know, realise what the film was and what the, you know, uh, you know how lucky we were to get such an amazing location. I, I remember just sitting there looking at it, it's such a beautiful building and just being like, wow, like, you know, this is just so much fun, like, yeah. you know, being here and, and, yeah, I really enjoyed that. It, it is a beautiful spot, I completely agree with yeah. you, especially on um, Louis Bar up, up on the rooftop. Yeah. Yes. You guys got there? Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Gorgeous. <laughs> I can't really pick a favourite. I think all of the locations that we shot at were just so different and fun and, you know, there was such a nice variety in the film to have all these different spots and, yeah, I can't... The nightclub I enjoyed a lot, I'll have to say, Trambar. Yeah, Trambar was was a good night. We were just caffeinated and we went a bit crazy and because it was, it was like, I think it was like... beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) And I... You're married, sir. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is married. I wasn't but married at the time. He also... That doesn't matter. Yeah. He was engaged it's all right, at baby. the time. It's all right. But goodness gracious, Dan, like, this guy, he was adding parts in, in the script that didn't exist of him making <laughs> out with three girls. I actually watched this. So let's, uh, yeah. yeah, I know, I know, but we've had this discussion in front of Danny. It, it was multiple times. <laughs> Where we had to open up the script and I was yeah. flicking where through it and I was like, Adam, where, where is this part? Where you cut some of that stuff out. <laughs> I, I never existed. Yeah. I am dyslexic, so sometimes yeah. I don't read. He just exactly imagined the, the whole scene of the well, film. I, look, dude, I just imagine if I ever become an actor and there's some um, scene where I need to dance or make out with some amazing, beautiful actress, I'd be fucking up the text. <laughs> I, I, I would be a. I, w- I am professional, and I am nothing of it. Okay, I'm, I'm far less professional than you are, it's not a problem admitting that. Um, now, on that note, you're coming up to your premiere at the at the Astor Theatre on the 22nd. Um, now, tickets are $5, and uh, with the proceeds going to Beyond Blue. Yes. How did you get into the Astor Theatre as well? Were they also interested in Beyond Blue, or were they just supporting local talent? 
No. <laughs> we just paid them for the venue. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was th- that simple. Mm. I just wanted a basic hire, and that just came out of our own pocket. Mm. Um, because I, I personally love the Astor Theatre. I think it's just one of the most stunning cinemas ever. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, I just, I, 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 and I don't think people realise how amazing it is. And, and like I try to tell people, but I think you must have to be a movie buff to actually realise that they've got, they can play seventy mil film, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's unheard of, especially anywhere in the world. It's like one of the rare few places to uh, play it. Mm. But they've also got a 4K projector, 2K projector. They can play 35 mil. And I was there actually last Thursday, and I saw a 35 mil print of the Thin Red Line, and it was just stunning. Mm. And I've I've been there multiple times, and I've seen. Sorry, I'm going on a rant. No, but I, do I love my rants. <laughs> I, I love I love the Astor Theatre. I'm with you every step oh, of the way. Oh, and it's yeah, and it's so hard to find a cinema like that. And I was. I was fortunate enough to go to film school in Sydney, so I always tell my film school friends every time I go to the Astor, and I see, I, I saw um, Gone with the Wind uh, there. I can't remember what it was. It might, it might have been a 35 mil print, but I've seen Casablanca. I've seen the original King Kong. I've seen um, Citizen Kane. I saw uh, Wings, which was the first picture ever to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. Yep. Um, and so, you know, in it... The Asterix in itself is a time machine because, mm. you know, you're going back and you're seeing these films and their pristine quality, how they're originally meant to be seen, not on a TV screen this big, big with yeah. surround sound, and the screen's massive. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's the second biggest screen in Melbourne after the IMAX. Possibly. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll it, take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's what I've been telling everyone, so... Asterix, <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> please confirm it yeah. back to me. Um, awesome. Oh, yeah, well... First night, so yeah, night you're a foreigner. That's fine. Yeah, it's, and <laughs> you're you know, from Sydney, correct? Adelaide. Adelaide. That's right. The but other you direction. know, it sits a thousand people. The seats are 80 years old, and like, as soon as you walk in, it smells of popcorn. And they, they do everything the right way. But even when the the way you buy your tickets, uh, you know, it's just a classic. Paper yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. And the best thing I love about it is there's no teen rats. There's no people there paying their ten dollars to see a flick on a date. It's the people who really appreciate cinema and yep. go for the love of cinema. Unless you go on Wednesdays, when it takes a look at Wednesdays, but that's yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. That double feature is fantastic. <laughs> hmm. um, and just one other question as well, probably second last question. Um, how do you guys feel about the current film environment where like people like yourselves can get a script together, pick up a, a handy cam, get, possibly do some crowdfunding or get funding other ways and be able to create a movie, compared to even a decade ago where it just wasn't as possible, wasn't as easy comparatively? I guess, how do you feel about the possibilities of that nowadays? Do you guys want to start? Because I'm going to go on a rant. Well, I, I mean... I, I'm, <laughs> Thank I'm, you for the warning. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an actor first and foremost, but I do do writing, and I suppose this film taught me that there is a possibility to do something on a low budget, just getting the right people involved, up-and-comers, and, um, you know, it is possible to make a feature. Like, I think when you, when you write, yeah, or... You, you just instantly think you need a budget, so it needs to be like this, you know, perfect script, and you need to get the right people involved, and it just mm. seems like such a distant goal. And you know, like since then, with my with my own personal writing, like you know, I'm I'm starting to think mm. in the terms of you can do stuff on the cheap. I shot a scene from something that I'd written, you know, in December. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much no budget. You know, getting pe- the right people involved. Some of the people who are in how to time travel and yeah it just opens up possibilities and I suppose the way that the climate is with the media you know now that you can kind of everyone can have a voice because you've got your Twitter you've got your Facebook and all that kind of stuff like the possibility is endless and it's really I, I you know I, I think and I suppose 
I can't say this until I, I write my own film and, and get it, you know, get it going, get it filmed, but, you know, it's really your own mindset that will stop you now. Like, you know, you can go for the top funding, you don't get go it. Go for the can, blockbuster, yeah. Yeah, you, can, you don't get it, you know, there's just little avenues that, that you can kind of go, you know, do the fossils and all that kind of stuff, and, and yeah, you know, it's just sticking at it. And hopefully there will be more people mm. who, who will do this. And, you know, I think, and not to go on too much of a rant, but I think it's important because the more people who make film, uh, the better quality we're going to get. Like, you know, the you know, it won't be just the top-level people making it. We need the up-and-comers. We need the people coming through. Mm. And, you know, basically, if we're creating work for ourselves, it's just going to be... It, it's only win-win. So, you know, think big and hopefully it will come together. Awesome. How about you, Kat? What do you think? I'm, I'm completely with Adam on that one as well. I think the more the merrier. I think it's wonderful that people are able, you know, as opposed to, as you said, 10 years ago, go out and, and film and shoot a film and write a script and get it all together. And I think no matter how small that is, it's wonderful for people to be able to see it. More ideas float around and you know, you're getting this great community of more people with, that are like-minded and they're all meeting and creating more and more great things. I think it's wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. Did you want to launch it to another round? <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I, I totally agree with these two. They're absolutely yeah. correct. It's amazing that, you know, you, you've got a camera on your phone these days and you can shoot anything. And actually, we've got a few scenes in the film on, shot on iPhone. Shot on iPhone, yeah. And because, you know, the, the, anything's possible. Anything's possible, especially in the digital age. I edited the film um, in my bedroom because, I, you know, I had the computer and I had all the programs to do so. Yeah. And, you know, of course... It's a lot easier to make films these days, but th- there's still the process to go through, and there's still going to be the shit films out there. But you know, the good stuff will get so- like you know filtered through and reach the top. It's, it's, that's what happens. People don't waste their time on shit. Mm. Um, but you know, you still need to do all the correct processes. You need, still need to have a good script. You still need to have a great idea. You still need to have a great cast, great sound. If, you know, if one of those things falls down, if any of those is a weak link, the whole film will fail. And I truly believe that. Yes. It's easy to do it, but you need all the right ingredients, otherwise you're fucked. Yeah, you're not gonna. If you have a weak, weak script, you're still not gonna get succeed. No, you're yeah, still you, got a chance. That I, I, I can one. make a film in the next 90 minutes, just pressing a record and run around the city. Mm. It's gonna be shit. It's it's a feature film because it goes for 90 <laughs> it's minutes. It's a blank, yes. But me, my mum, and my dad are the only ones who are ever gonna watch it. Yeah. And I suppose on the other side of it, though, um, you learn by doing. Yeah. Not not just by kind of like you know I, I have discussions with people and. You know, they're looking for perfect, uh, looking for perfection, and sometimes I think that's like, you know, you, you're never going to get there. You're always going to keep going, and every time you read a script, and you can pick it apart, and there's got to be that time when you, you stop and you do. Amazing. And, like, yep. you know, you can make the crap, mm. and, you know, maybe you never work again, but, like, at the same time, <laughs> um, you know, you will, you will, whatever happens, like, whatever happens with this film, mm-hmm. there's so much I've learnt on this film like you know like little things like you know that you don't like yeah the ADR aspect was a huge learning curve like you know and I'm glad that I you know I'm glad now that I've I've kind of you know experienced that because then the next film Mm. you know I'll I'll be better equipped for it and things like that and I I suppose that's the thing it's like we've all learned so much from this film Mm -hmm. that you know wherever we go from here it's only going to get better I suppose and I suppose you know get out there and do I was having this chat with my sister actually uh, a month or so ago, and I was we were saying, you know, we'd rather make 100 shit films than have one good film stuck in our head. 
And, you know, with everything we've got these days, with technology, you know, mm. we have that power to make 100 shit films. Awesome. And um, just one final thing as well. Do you have any final comments or anything you'd like to say before we finish up? Uh, yeah, I, I do. Do you guys want to say that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sensing a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's just, uh, again, you know, a thank you to everyone and this film was a collaboration of everyone as well and all these wonderful people that came on board, I think they just need as much thanks as possible and they all know who they are, but yeah. it's always very nice just to mention. Well, I suppose also just get down to the Astra on the 22nd yes. of April. Like, I, yeah. I think no matter what happens to the film, mm-hmm. like, the, the big thing about the 22nd is the Beyond Blue fundraiser. Mm-hmm. All yeah. the proceeds go there, you know... What's the I don't idea? know if I'm allowed to name drop, but Jeff Kennett has said he will come along. Oh, so, okay. um, you know, there are going to be a few people there, um, and this hopefully we can we can really turn it into a great night for Beyond Blue. Mm-hmm. What's the What's your guys' website so for people to get tickets from? It's uh, through our website is how to travel how to time travel film dot com. Yeah. Um, but if you go to Pro Ticket or the Astor Theatre, mm-hmm. um, they've got the links You've there. You've got the link on our website as well. Yeah. Cool. First page. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Right, we'll leave it there, guys. Thank you. That's it for this episode. If you have any feedback, suggestions for a future guest, or pledges of eternal love and support, head to meltdown.com and click contact me. Have a good one.